Hi, I'm Caroline. And I'm James. And this is Outsourced. Each week, we'll be discussing different topics around freelancing and being self-employed. Thanks for listening to Outsourced. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Outsourced with me, James and Caroline. Hello. I never know if I'm going to say and Caroline or not. No, we don't really rehearse our intros, do we? No, just... just go with it and hope for the best. So how have you been? I've been all right. Um, obviously, coronavirus concern is um, is a thing. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's, it's all that you can read and hear about at the moment. Yeah, and I'm trying not to be like... It's difficult because you want to get that balance between being somebody who listens to the news, make sure they're up to date with everything, and especially as a journalist, I mean, I've had to write a lot about it. Um but also, you don't want to get too sucked in. I'm finding Twitter to be quite a difficult place to be on at the moment because there's just a lot of information and you don't know what's factual and what's not. I think that's that's a good point. That it is, It's a lot of information. It's information overload at the moment and a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed with what's going on, some of the stats, some of the numbers, and we're, we're almost too, um, too exposed to... to to the number to the stats and was too exposed to the realities of it and that can be sort of quite damaging on our mental health as well definitely i i 100 agree and i think that's a lot uh, people have alluded to that a lot on social media as well that they're coming off of it for a while and, and people have said various things like that just because i guess they need to protect their mental health m- most importantly yeah you can drive yourself mad just just reading it all day and every day um, and it is we we go we're going from our usual Twitter feeds that might be full of people that we love or people that we find funny or, or or whatever it might be to all of this negativity to newspapers trying to make you click through to links to um, random people having opinions and you don't know whether you can trust certain sources and there's a lot there's a lot to mm. sort of battle through at the moment and and we are trying to get on with normal lives as such but it is. Uh, I'm going to use one of the buzzwords. It's an unprecedented I knew, time. I knew you were going to say that. James has been overusing the word unprecedented. I think I've overused it because I almost find it so amusing that everyone is saying it and that it's a word that we don't talk about. But all of a sudden, everyone is using Everything this, is ev- unprecedented. Everything is unprecedented. So then I've, I've in my sort of... Having a little coronavirus bit of, vocabulary. Yeah, in my um, in my having a little bit of a laugh with myself, I've now started to overuse it too, and it's it's quite funny. It's words like unprecedented, and self isolation, and social distancing. Yeah. Oh it's, well, I wrote an article for Yahoo about what all those words mean. If you're uh, interested, little oh, plug. There you go. Little plug. And um, today we are talking about something that is actually emerging that's quite funny on social media, and that's people who have fi- found themselves unexpectedly working from home. With their partners. Yeah, I think obviously with everything that's happening with Corona at the moment, it is changing things. It's making people have to approach life and their day-to-day routines very differently. And obviously one of those changes is the work and it is your work balance. It's, it's everyone's being advised to work from home at the moment, which is new to a lot of people, which I, I, I kind of find that, I know it's 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 dark and troubling times because there's people with illnesses and deaths and inconveniences but I do think it's quite an exciting time for people to discover 
And it's also an exciting time for companies to discover that there is a different way of working and there is a different way that, that work can be approached. And that is this remote work from home um, setup. So I think, yes, there's, there's a tons of negatives and yes, there's tons of things that we need to be worried and sad about, but also there are some potential um, upsides and learnings that we can take out of this whole pandemic movement, whatever you want to call it. So I think, and like you say, one of those is working from home with your partner. Yeah, and and there are, like you said, I think you've made a good point that it's nice to see some positives out of all of this. Um, somebody I was speaking to the other day said that it's the first time that they've actually heard silence when they've been out and about because there's always cars going past there's planes going overhead there's never a break from that so you know i know that it's an awful time but there are little glimmers of enjoyment in day-to-day life still and we've decided to talk about working from home with your partners today mainly because we've been doing it for pretty much eight years now um either It's either been us working from home together or us working in an office together, but we have always been working together. Yeah. I think that we have quite good experience in that area because of that. And we thought we'd share some of our tips that we've learned over the years with you in the hope that they might help you as well. Yeah, because we don't, we we, we always strive for this work-life balance. and, And for a lot of people, there's a very clear, I leave the house, go to work. And that is my work life. Then I come home and I, I spend time with my partner, kids, mum and dad, whoever you live with. And that is your 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 life. And that's your pleasures time. And that's your enjoyment time. But with all of this, this change and um, things that are happening, obviously those lines are getting very blurred. And those lines are getting... People people that aren't used to it, it's different. It's new. It's, it's, it's going to have challenges. So yeah, let's... I guess we're... We've been doing this for 10 years or so now, so hopefully we'll have some insights. And I know you've done some research, as always, into yep. um, into some of the, the, the practices that you can apply to, to sort of help in this transition in this weird period. Yeah, it's not this week is not so much research as it is just writing down what we do and how we do it. Because, I mean, we do have a pretty good um, setup, I think. I think we, we manage it quite well. Yeah. We don't have arguments about working from home. We've generally got a system in place subconsciously, I think. So, um, yeah, I think I'm, I, I mean, I'm happy with these tips. So I think that they'll be really, really helpful for you. Um, the first one is about hobbies and interests. Now, this has been a little bit skewed because of coronavirus. People aren't, aren't able to go out. So, for example, James's football on a Saturday and training on a Wednesday has been cancelled and that was something that you just did every single week. Yeah. Um, and my, my, I can't go to the gym at the moment so all my other classes that I used to do, spin, all things like that, that's gone out the window as well. Um, I think it's really important to still make time to do stuff separately though. So I've made a list on my phone of things that I kind of want to get done over these next few weeks and things that I've kind of been putting off a little bit like random things like I want to sort my makeup brushes out and I know that this is a little thing but when you've got loads of stuff going on you just put it to the back of the queue they just need 
a clean, um, I need to sort my wardrobe out, I need to put my winter clothes away, get my spring clothes out, just little boring jobs that you usually slot into small amounts of time throughout your day, I think you've now got the opportunity to spend a bit more time on them. Yeah, and I think it is important to, um, again, it's looking at this as an opportunity, you could potentially have a lot more free time at home, um, whether you're losing your commute again. So if you have an hour commute either way and now you don't have that because you're working at home, use that as a as a uh, use that as a, uh, an opportunity to either do some jobs that you've been putting off or to go for a walk because we still need to I know we're not meant to sort of we are allowed to go to but walk we're meant to for go walks. for walks and if you're on your in the countryside etc then you, you're absolutely fine but that's still important because you can't just sit in the house for the next however long this is going to go on for so we need to make the most of these opportunities and you're getting a little bit of time back so um to to, to, to utilize that in sort of positive ways and don't see it as like oh I can just sleep for longer or I can just watch TV for longer or I can whatever it might be that some of these negative habits use them to be really positive things and go right okay let's tick some things off off the li- off, off the jobs list or um, or, or like I say go for a walk go for a run take the dog out in the morning and the afternoon or do something a bit different well, we've got loads of house jobs to do but just things like painting and sorting out rooms that we've kind of been we have been putting off because there's just been a lot going on um, we, at the weekends get so easily f- f- filled with things um, so that is gonna we're gonna take that as a good opportunity to get that stuff done um yeah sure it's not ideal especially with our birthdays coming up next week we had loads of plans that we'd have to cancel but i'm not gonna see that as a negative our situations could be a hell of a lot worse so i think try to see wherever you can as the opportunity to spend a little bit more time indoors just see as a positive thing wherever possible yeah and then tying that back to having your family or partner around all the time as well you can do these things separately as well you don't have to be in the same room just because um you're in the you're in the house together doesn't necessarily mean you have to be in the same room and again use it as a an opportunity to do stuff together which you might not do as much as well and um find some i know it's going to be a bit weird to find hobbies that you do at home as such on on together but there's there's there are things though for example i i I'm kind of thinking I'm just going to remove myself from Facebook because I don't really use it anymore. But I thought, oh, what about all my pictures? So I thought, oh, this is going to be a good opportunity for me to get photo albums, get all the pictures that I want off of Facebook, make sure they're in photo albums, make sure they're saved. Just these things I would never get round to on an average day. So I'm going to use this bit of time to get round to these, these niggly jobs. And I think when it comes back to working as well, you... Don't be too hard on yourself because there is going to be an adjustment period and it is different and you can't be expected to be able to change your work patterns. You might have been working in an office in a, in a, on a building site or whatever it is for the last 10, 20, 30 years and then all of a sudden you're being asked to work from home. It is going to be different so don't be negative, don't feel like you're failing at anything and I think the novelty, the novelty if you see it in that regard that oh it's it's fun that I'm at home and I can sit in my jogging bottoms and I don't have to do my hair and I can just sort of relax a little bit and you might see it as an opportunity to do a little bit less work and be a bit more lazy because you haven't got a boss or a superior 
on your case. But I think that novelty will wear off quite quickly after a few days. So if you do fall into that sort of category and you do find yourself slacking a little bit or like I say, waking up late, not not getting dressed properly, then try and adjust yourself out of that fairly quickly. But don't be too harsh on yourself that, yeah, the first couple of days you might think, oh, this is great. I don't have to get on a train at six o'clock in the morning or I don't have to jump in my car and sit in traffic for the first two hours of my day. Um, but then I guess the reality of work will kick in because you still need to get your jobs done and work and etc. The next tip is about just how to sort of make decisions around the house lighthearted. Something that we do quite often is we will play like rock, paper, scissors of who gets to do something that we both don't want to do. Um, and it's just like a jokey way to lighten things up. I mean, if you're arguing over what radio station to listen to or who gets to make the tea or who gets the room when you've both got a conference call at the same time, just little things like that can be made to be more light-hearted and just playing stupid games and just being casual and chilled out about it and trying not to make a, a massive fuss out of things, um, especially when tensions are particularly high. I think little things like that can really make a difference. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, the next one is little gestures that we do for each other throughout the day. So if you walk past your partner's desk and you see that they've got an empty water bottle, you could go and fill it up. Um, if you are getting a snack, you could also get your partner one. Just little things. And I know that they're really, they might seem small but they're appreciated and so it then sort of softens your relationship and helps you to I guess deal with this new way of working Hmm. and we do this a lot and we do it completely subconsciously so when it came to writing these ideas down it was actually something I didn't really realize we did until I sat down um but we we do I mean if I if I go out of the office and go into the kitchen to get a snack, I'll bring James back in something as well. Mm. Um, just little things to make each other's lives easier, especially during this unprecedented mm. time. Um, I think that's nice. I, I like that. Yeah, and it's it's being it's just like you say, it's just being mindful of your partner. You there's a reason that you that you live with this person, you married this person. Yeah, they can't be too awful. Yeah, so just remind yourself of that as well when we're having to now spend effectively 24 hours with each other every day then don't yeah don't let's just remind yourself of why you just yeah don't forget the sort of the little things as well because they make a big difference in transfer and hopefully you do them in your your sort of day-to-day personal life to transfer them into your work day will make a you will make a nice difference and you'll see um like you say you'll see that appreciation yeah, and, and I actually put this out on social media as well and asked people what they were doing. And we had one reply saying that the key was to agreeing work and non-work time slots. And in a work slot, the partner needs to behave like a colleague and not pop into the workspace asking for help folding the sheets was the example they gave. So it's just respecting boundaries as well. So if you were if you were in an office, you wouldn't sit there and ask your colleague to go and mend a shelf would you like just just little things like that are really important behave towards each other as you would um when you were 
in an office, which means, you, you know, I mean, I go for massive parts of the day without, we don't really speak, do we? If we're both immersed in work, then we'll be working and that's that. Um, so don't sort of keep chatting as well because then things, again, just won't get done. I think that's the big, one of the biggest points on this list is that that distance in between your work and your and your life. Um, just because you're at home now doesn't mean that you have to do all of the jobs that you've got, um, life jobs that we all have. doesn't mean you have to do them during your work hours. And people that are structured with work hours, then you need to respect that. And you need to respect that they've got deadlines still to meet and they've still got conference calls to be on and they've still got all of these things that make up our... our our life, our work life, they still will exist and they still will happen. So that that example of coming and asking to fold the sheets is a great example because, like you say, you wouldn't do that in an office. You wouldn't do that on a building site. That's that. that so that is the beginning of distractions and that almost um, what's the word? It, it devalues your work time. And I think if you're asking your partner to do those things, then you're you're not valuing their time that they should be focusing or concentrating on work um and and again i think that just snowballs with the distractions you you fold the sheets and then you unload the dishwasher and then you make yourself a coffee and then you call your mum or whatever it might next be next minute then, it's 3 p.m yeah and then all of a sudden <laughs> you've lost the day and you think oh i should have i needed to get this done or uh yeah so i think it it's uh it's an easy you think oh a quick 10 minute job but those jobs probably just lead and lead and snowball. So you just have to be really careful and respect that as well. Yeah, and and on that as well, something that we do quite often is that we ask each other for advice in kind of a way that you would do if you were in an office environment. So if James has created two designs for something that he's working on, he'll say, what one of these do you like best? And I can just be like, mm, left one. And I don't have to give much thought in into why because I'm not a designer, I'm no expert, but it just helps him to sort of figure out what the average consumer would would think about an idea he's he's doing. And equally, I often say to him, oh, what is the word for? And then I'll then say whatever the word is I'm looking for. It's just communicating with each other, but in a way that is respectful of your work. Yeah, this comes back to what we've spoken about before, about certainly about self-doubt or... or... Uh, inner confidence is that we don't have anyone else to self-validate and you're going to go from again if you're going from a traditional office environment where you might be one of 10 20 30 people and you have that team around you that you have you have catch-ups and stand-ups and all of these corporate type things that that, that come in with that um, you're not going to have that at home so you need to rely on the support network that you have which might be your partner, your your parents, whoever it is. So I think it's a case of then if you're on the receiving side of that, and like Caroline says, if I show her some of my work and say, what do you think about these? If she showed zero interest and was rude about that or, or didn't give me um, an answer, then I could see that as a point for contention and we could start to argue or we could I could see that as a negative. So... I think if someone does ask you for an opinion or asks you for a bit of validation, yeah, it might not be your area of expertise or your strong point, but I'm sure you can gather the the energy to give an opinion. Um, and we all need that self reassurance. We need that self. Um, well, it's it's more, less self. It's more like a a group. External. External validation. validation. Exactly. Exactly. So, 
um, yeah, so if, if your partner asks you for that, then be accommodating, take 30 seconds out of your, whatever you're doing to just look at their screen or look at their, whatever they're on and, and just give them that little bit of boost that they need. Do you know what's also quite cool is that for people who are doing this for the first time, they will get to learn a bit about what their partner does day to day. Um, I mean, for us, we've never actually had to think about that because I've always known what you're doing. I've always known who your clients are because we've always worked together. But for so many people at the moment, they're going to be like, oh, wow, you do this. Because it's probably something they've never really, I mean, not especially not in length discussed as far as, you know, showing showing people on a screen what they do day to day. Um, So it could be quite an interesting learning opportunity for people as well yeah it's a good exposure like when i was younger i had no idea what my my dad did at work so no exactly that's very true so it might be nice that your dad's now at home in the in the office upstairs and again just just it might be interesting to learn what they do and and some of the talents that you have in your household yeah positivity is is the key here and my next thing is about talking about work now this when I asked you what what you thought we did to you know maintain our relationship and work together the first thing that you said was we don't really talk about work outside of work no and it's it's something that I I struggle with and I'm also very very conscious of it because like this kind of comes back to one of the first points is that when you're now when you're at home with a partner and doing your work together and if this is new to you then you're going to be exposed to work from let's let's just go down the traditional route of 9 till 5 you're going to be exposed to each other's work you're going to hear each other on the phone you're going to hear each other having conference calls and whatever it might be and so when that 5 o'clock deadline comes and you finish for the day and you wrap up then taking your work into the evening and then talking about your work all evening as well, you have the potential of literally never stopping and literally, and, and always speaking, thinking about work. And that can be quite dangerous. Um, as something that we, I, I'm sort of guilty of it probably more than you are, but I, I try to make a real conscious effort that, that work doesn't go into non-work hours because it's so easy to always be always be thinking about work, always be thinking about that next project, whatever it might be, that it's so easy to do. And if that's okay, if you are coming from separate workplaces and you say, how was your day? And you have, whether that's over dinner or, or, or whatever it might be, um, that's, that's okay. But now if you're going to be eight hours working together, you can't then spend, well, maybe you can, but I feel like you can't spend a couple of hours in the evening then talking about your day's work. It would feel like a lot. It I would think. feel like a lot. And I think we're, when we're talking about things you can do whilst we're in self-isolation, then again, if you have the ability to work from home, it's going to be so easy not to just think, I'm just going to work every minute under the sun and get things, get ahead, get personal projects done, do this, do that, make make my learn something do like there's going to be a temptation to fill that time void with more work or more personal development which yes could be a good thing because you could be more productive you get things done that you've been meaning to do you could learn new skill whatever it might be but we do need to have that separation of you still need to 
sit on the sofa and switch off and binge something mm. on Netflix. You still need to go out for a cycle and get a little bit of exercise. You still need to play on a games console if that's your way of switching off. You need to read your book. There, there needs to be that separation from work. And I think a lot of people might struggle with this when they bring in their work home for the first time. It's not knowing when to switch off and not knowing when to, to stop because there's that sort of, again, we've, talking, we've spoken about internal guilt as well. You feel like if you can work, you should be working. Um, so I think this, that ability to be able to switch off and turn off your work day or your work brain is very important. Mm, I agree. Because we can't go the next four, 12, however many weeks they expect this to go on, just working. Yeah, it will be horrific. <laughs> so we need to you need to be able to completely step away and I think taking that um where we where we're quite guilty is so we take our dog for a walk normally sort of mid to mid afternoon to early evening and I quite often talk at you about yeah. my work and updates I don't really and mind that like though. That. I kind of like that. Um but so, if you're both comfortable with that, then that's fine. But if one, of, if I was on the dog walk thinking, oh no, he's going to start going on again about work, then that's a bit of a different conversation. But if you're quite happy and you're happy with the boundaries that you've set, then great. I mean, if you want to talk about work all night and you're happy in that situation, fine. But I would say that for most people, they will need a bit of separation. Yeah, I think, I think like you say, just do whatever you, you're happy, but um, just make sure that you, you do have that separation if you need it and you are you are able to to stop talking about work if if you need to stop talking about work Uh, and another thing that i uh, that sort of come up on twitter again and again is respecting the way that each other works Uh, an example of this is say that you your partner has to get up super early because they're speaking to somebody who works in china um you've got to respect that that is still what they're going to have to do. Um, And you can't sort of come... I guess this kind of goes back to what we were speaking about earlier, like come bumbling in, asking them to do jobs. Um, I think that there's just got to be a level of ongoing respect for what each other goes through in a day, whether that fits into your rhythm or not. I mean, for us, it's great because we both work the same hours. But that might not be the case for you, so make sure that you you keep that in mind. I think the way that you could do that is use something like breakfast or the time that you would commute to just sort of have a, I know it might sound formal, but have a quick run through of what each other's day looks like. And we, we've set up shared calendars, so Karen, I can see my work calendar and I can see her work calendar. So that so that we can almost we've got into a rhythm that we know what each other are doing on a work day not to a granular task by task level but more what client we might be working on or if we have calls scheduled because for us the respect we work in the same room so if we both have calls scheduled at the same time then that doesn't really work one of us would have to um go out or sit in sit in the house or wherever it just needs to be in a different location so that's part of our respect for each other that that if I know that Caroline's got a call scheduled for a certain time, I'll try to avoid scheduling for the same time, or if not, I'll have to find another location and vice versa, she'll do the same. So I think if if you don't want to get into a structured, i.e. setting up shared calendars, then maybe just use 
sitting over a coffee in the morning just say okay what what have you got planned today and have you what calls have you got and I think it's going to be a bit of a weird week as well because um, a lot of companies this is new to them a couple of my clients it's new to them so they're having week or uh, they're sorry, sorry they're having daily 9am calls which is unprecedented <laughs> um, people aren't that's uh, uh, that could potentially be over managing this situation but for them it's their transition from completely in-house working to remote working so that's fine so we have to be we have to be respectful of those times as well that, that I, I'll be on calls and etc etc yeah and another thing that's come up quite a lot is about lunchtime and how people are preferring um this is certainly coming across on social media anyway to have their lunches separately as they would do usually i think that it can waste a lot of time if you're both making some gigantic meal together then sitting down to eat it like it's dinner time um you i mean i don't really like doing that we kind of just sort ourselves out for lunchtime because I probably eat earlier than you, you eat different stuff to me anyway, and then we both sit down to eat at dinner together, but it's just, you might find, lunch is going to be a really weird one, I think, for people who've never worked from home before, because all of a sudden you have to consider lunch every day, um, but you might find that it's just easier if you do that separately, rather than trying to coordinate each other's schedules to have some sort of slap up lunch yeah, meal <laughs> yeah. and just and if, if having an hour or 45 minutes of separation is important to respecting each other's work style then then just like you said just schedule your lunches slightly differently as well and that that gives you an hour or two hours where you're not together yes and my last thing that i have thought about is um about keeping the house tidy um, we're it's a bit different for us now because we've got a separate office but we never used to have that and it used to be really hard for me to work and I thought maybe I was alone here but having looked at what people were uh, finding hard on Twitter I've realized that it's happening for a lot of you that you find it hard to work when you know when you can look around the room and see you've got loads of things to do like oh the sink is overflowing with things that need to go in the dishwasher um little things like that that just they niggle at you they really do and if you're both working from home you've both got laptops you've both got all your files notepads out you will find that things start to look a little bit messy so if we when we used to work in the house what we do at the end of the day is tidy away all of our things don't just leave them all sprawled out overnight because not only is that just a bit messy it also contributes to the whole not switching mm, off yeah, thing yeah it's hard to then define when's work and when's pleasure time when you can like we've spoken about this before on the podcast when there's notepads out and there's pens out and there's documents and whatever it is um and i think just use replace your commute time with tidy up time mm. and so. well a lot of a, a couple of my friends who had quite long commutes have said that they're going to use that time to do things that they've been meaning to do around the house. Mm. So I think filling up your commute time with different things is actually really nice. And even if, I mean, filling up that commute time with just having an extra bit of time in bed is no bad thing. I mean, if it's an extra half an hour in the mornings, it's not the end of the world, I don't think. 
Would you agree or disagree? You probably would disagree. Yeah, I just don't think you should start getting into poor habits. Yeah, I know, but it is a bit of an unprecedented time. It is. And I think uh, I just want to add a last point about, um, I guess, the mental health side of it as well. And this is going to be really difficult times for people that can't continue to work from home. And we don't, again, we don't know how long this is going to go on for, which might affect people's businesses and um, and sales pipelines, etc. So I think uh, th- th- we need to be really mindful if your partner is at home because they cannot work, because they can't take their job home and whether they're freelance or self-employed, be really mindful that they are probably going to be stressing and thinking about the fact that they're not going to have the same income or the same, or they might lose some clients or things like that. I think it's it's important to be mindful of that. Yeah, I I think that's a really good point. And it's a nice place to end on as well, isn't it? I think that it's worth noting that there are going to be people who are going through a whole world of different experiences to us right now. Um, and that, that could lead to internal arguments between families as well, because times are could potentially be quite tough at the moment and, and money always does and money's sort of always spur a, arguments yeah, doesn't it it's always a fuel for arguments so just try to step out of that and know that that the person that isn't earning money or bringing in money or can't work they aren't necessarily doing that on purpose and there's a lot of factors that are out of our control um so you just yeah let's let's be super mindful and super um just considerate that that people will be sort of high anxiety, high stress at the moment because of external factors. Yes, agreed. Now we can just go on to our quick fire round, okay. which, hey, I have not prepared. Oh dear. Oh my goodness, this is the first time this has ever happened. Um, okay, so the first one is buy. Did Have you bought anything? Um, buying stuff is a bit of a weird thing at the moment as well isn't it i don't really want to have to sign the little well a lot of the, the little pad little pads aren't available are they You're not allowed to touch them at the moment um no i haven't really bought anything like us like we've said we've, we've got birthdays coming up so try to be careful of what you buy and what what we're spending our money on yeah and i also haven't bought anything <laughs> So there we go. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. Um, what about reading, podcast, any recommendations? Is this the same as watch? Is that next? No, watch it's next. Oh, okay. Mm. Don't jump ahead. <laughs> reading or podcasts? I've got one. Um, I'm, I think I might have mentioned this last week, but I'm still reading The Handmaid's Tale. I think it's going to take a while for me to get through that one. So that's going to be an ongoing thing. Um, and I'm also nearly finished listening to Marianne Key's um, Grown Ups, which is a really good one to listen to if you're looking for an audiobook because she is narrating it and she's a very good narrator. Um, I think I always think it's really nice when authors narrate their own books because that they, they know how each character should be presenting themselves. Um, so if you're looking for something to listen to to zone out of everything else that's going on. I would highly recommend. Yeah, it's interesting because I do a lot of my listening or reading. I don't do much reading, but listening to books. Yeah. On my commute. So, um, and I only commute two or three days a week. But I've lost, that's six hours a week of listening to content. Mm. Um, so, 
Yeah, I yeah, guess you haven't listened to anything this no, week or last week. No. Hmm. Weird. You're gonna have to find that somewhere because you quite enjoy that, right? I do. Yeah. Um. And then what's next? Watch. We've just started a new series, so we do have something to talk about there. I mean, I think that everyone in this country slash world is probably binging more on Netflix than usual. Um, we've just started watching The Stranger, which is very good so far. It's That's a Harlan Coben novel, which I'm a massive, massive fan of his books. Um, they've kind of got like a psychological thriller um, slant to them. And he's actually just brought out a new book, which is really good as well. So you know if you that'll be a netflix series next yeah, year yeah i know now they've now they've uh, cashed in on the whole harlan colbin thing i'm sure they'll be he'll keep getting his books made into things yeah. um but yeah it's really good you we've watched something before but we couldn't remember the name of what it reminds us of did you remember that name no there was another harlan colbin netflix yeah it's series, got a very so very similar vibe to it it was about a fire in a closed community Oh, I wish I remember the name no, of that. No, anyway, yeah. yeah. And then self-care is the last one. Um, I think this probably will be for both of us, but it's about that it's it's not social distancing, it's social media distancing. And I Ooh, think I like that. It's taking that step back from just constantly refreshing your feed and refreshing the, the, the confirmed cases, stat infographics on, on news websites and these sort of things. It's... Yes, it's good to be informed and aware, but be really, really careful about how much information you consume because it can lead to overthinking and forms of anxiety. Yeah, and actually I was going to say the exact same thing, but you've come up with a really cool name for it. Mm. I like social media distancing. Have you heard that somewhere? I haven't. Oh, I like that. We'll coin that. Outsourced. <laughs> TM. Is that the right one? <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I've taken myself... I, I'm I'm still finding Instagram is relatively positive. People are trying not to speak about it too much, but Twitter for me is just. Ugh. I mean, it gets like it whenever there's something big going on in the world. Every single person ever in existence has an opinion, um, and for me, it's just too much. Even if I agree with the opinion, the opinion, or I don't agree with the opinion, I just sometimes just don't want to hear it in the first no. place. So um, yeah, I am. I'm. avoiding mainly i'm avoiding twitter yeah cool well that's probably it for this week um stay safe everyone yeah i hope you're um taking the government's advice seriously let's be mindful this is serious and also try and just be good positive people in your homes because things will be weird things will be different and there will be some adjustment for you and your partner or your family um so yeah just just respect each other understand that this isn't ideal for anyone you don't necessarily want it and use it as an opportunity to either educate yourself about working remotely educate your members of staff educate uh, your clients about working remotely because it can be really successful and it can work and it can be great for societies and certainly freelancers and self-employed people um but be less, less, less. Just be mindful of sort of the negatives that come with that, and certainly people that can't do their jobs and can't continue their jobs. Um, don't forget to listen to our podcast last week about some of the financial implications of the coronavirus and having time off work and what 
what what um, benefits you can claim and what the government are trying to help out. Although these things are constantly moving and evolving as as the the situation, I say, worsens. But yeah, stay stay safe. Stay. And make sure that you pay your freelancers and self-employed people on time. Yeah. <laughs> now more than ever. Please. Yeah, and that hopefully that wasn't too negative and too much scaremongering, and we tried to keep it light and. Uh, yeah, I give, think I think we did all right. Give some good advice. We're not. Then. We don't feel. I mean, I I am worrying in the res- in a normal sort of respectful way, but I am also a positive person, and I am going to see the positives in any situation, and I think that that's the best thing that you can do. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of opportunity here to to get things done to to change certain mindsets to save money on commuting or whatever it might be and let's reduce our carbon footprint for a month as well so there's lots of opportunities out of what appears to be a very negative dark time but yeah there's opportunities so thanks for listening to outsource with me james and caroline and we will speak to you next week bye Thanks for listening to Outsourced. 